Hello and welcome to Books by Old Dead Guys. I'm Scott. And I'm David. And you're listening to episode 17. 17, bro. Man, first off, I just want to, I want to communicate to especially our church what a blessing it is to get to hear from people who have been giving us feedback about the podcast. Um, I, I heard this week, David, you'll get a kick out of this, some folks lamenting the fact that it had been a while since we've had the Puritan Word of the Day. Mm. And so, I, I, too, have heard, I've heard that lament as Have you well. heard this? So we're going to see what we can do about that today. <laughs> see if we can be in search for a Puritan Word of the Day. Yep. So we're in the midst of a very long section of Baxter. Uh, we're in Chapter 2. And then what, what's the subpoint here? Are we at subpoint uh, 2? We are in, yes. Yeah. Subpoint 2. And we kind of had to stop at the end of the last episode before we got to the end of the subpoint because Puritan subpoints are almost as long. As my sermon subpoints are, David, <laughs> they are um, they 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 chase a rabbit really really well, mm. and so where we are in this chapter, particularly this section, was Baxter was spending some time. Oh, by the way, pardon my voice. I, I had the flu a couple of weeks ago, and I'm feeling much better, but my voice doesn't sound like I am. So the longer we go on, the raspier I'm going to sound. But we um, we established with Baxter. Kind of last, the last time we were together, uh, he is lamenting the fact that there are basically kind of pastors in his time and in his culture that would prefer to make more money and do less ministry as opposed to making less ministry and, hi- I mean, make, making less money and hiring kind of some extra help, if you will, the, to spread the work out amongst the plurality of elders. And so we kind of finished last week. With the idea that he says, you know, if you really believe that the people to whom you're preaching the gospel are condemned without Jesus, isn't it okay to suffer a little want in order for those people to hear the gospel? So if you're reading in the book, the first line that we're on is, it says something along the lines of, must I turn to my Bible to show a preacher? I wish I could tell you what page that's on. I don't have pages because I'm on the Kindle version. My uh, my paperback is on page thirty five, so I don't know if that relates to anything uh, in whatever printed version of the Reformed Pastor you're holding, but hopefully it does. Yep, and you may not be look if you're driving, please don't be holding a printed version mm. of Reformed Pastor. Yes. I know yes. a lot of you. I know a lot of our listeners listen while they're driving, so we'll just read it for you. We'll just watch the road, okay? You ready, David? Ready. Let's do it. Must I turn to my Bible? To show a preacher where it is written that a man's soul is worth more than a world, much more, therefore, than a hundred pounds a year, much more are many souls more worth. So to just interject a bit there, we talked last uh, podcast that that a hundred pounds a year, we looked up you know, some quick quick research on the air. Uh, and found that 100 pounds a year at the time that Baxter was writing this was the wages of, I think we said three, like, craftsmen? Yeah, I feel like that's right. It was, yeah. a, it was a lot of money. It was far more than... Substantial salary. Far more than any of the lay people in the congregation would be making. And so, you know, you think about 100 pounds a year, that's roughly like three craftsmen's salaries a year. Right, right. So picking back up, or that both we and all that we have are gods and should be employed to the utmost for his service, or that it is inhuman cruelty to let souls go to hell for fear my wife and children should fare somewhat the harder, 
or live at lower rates, when, according to God's ordinary way of working by means, I might do much to prevent their misery, if I would but a little displease my flesh, which all who are Christ have crucified with its lusts. Every man must render to God the things that are God's, and that, let it be remembered, is all he is and all he possesses. Mm. How are all things sanctified to us, but in the separation and dedication of them to God? Are they not all his talents and must be employed in his service? Must not every Christian first ask, in what way may I honor God with my substance? Do we not preach these things to our people? Are they true Are they true as to them and not as to us? Yea, more, is not the church maintenance devoted in a special manner to the service of God for the church? And should we not then use it for the utmost forbearance of that end? If any minister who hath 200 pounds a year can prove that 100 pounds of it may do God more service, if it be laid out on himself or wife and children, than if it maintain one or two suitable assistants to help forward the salvation of the flock, I shall not presume to reprove his expenses. But where this cannot be proved, let not the practice be justified. Mm. And I must further say, that this poverty is not so intolerable and dangerous a thing as it is pretended to be. Hmm. If you have but food and raiment, must you not therewith be content? And what would you have more than that which may fit you for the work of God? It is not being clothed in purple and fine linen and faring sumptuously every day that is necessary for this end. A man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things that he possesseth. If a man's life consists, if a man's, if your clothing be warm and your food be wholesome, you may be as well supported by it to do God's service as if you had the fullest satisfaction to your flesh. A patched coat may be warm and bread and water are wholesome food. He that wanteth not these hath but a poor excuse to make for hazarding men's souls, and he may live on dainties. But, while it is our duty to take heed to all the flock, we must pay special attention to some classes in particular. And I'll pause there, because he's about to turn to a different different, uh, section there. He has definitely said a lot of things in that paragraph. So first, really good job reading that. Like, I just enjoyed listening to you read it. I I think you conveyed the emotion in it well. I think the first thing that stands out in my mind is how he upped the game here, right? If any minister who hath 200 pounds a year. So it's apparently (laughs) not just that there are guys. So now you're talking about a guy who's living off of what? Six. Six times the normal salary that a craftsman would make, which would have been the average person in his church. And, and, you know, I, Mm. I... you're mm. just kind of blown away, but but there's a reality to that even in our culture, mm-hmm. right? That and there are a lot of guys in ministry who make substantially more than the people they serve. 
And, you know, I don't feel like I have to comment on that because, honestly, I, I think I think Baxter <laughs> just did for me. Yeah. To which I say amen. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think he just, I mean, he's hitting the nail on the head, right? Like, mm-hmm. is it really worth it? Like, you know, is it is this really what you're after in ministry is stuff and financial security? Like, if you're going into ministry seeking financial security, man, I've got some bad news for you. Mm. He, Look elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Look. there are a whole lot of other jobs that are going to provide that for you in a much better way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love the uh, must not every Christian first ask, in what way may I honor God with my substance? Yeah, yeah. Do we not preach these things to our people? people. And then, and then, as if as if that wasn't punching hard enough, he then follows that up with, are they true for them and not, not true for us? for us? Yeah, man, absolutely. Like, you can just see Baxter just, just I mean, just backhanding people, just you know, figuratively speaking, yes. backhanding people with just, man, you preach this to your people, yeah. that you are to honor God with your possessions. You yeah. are to honor God with the resources that he has given you. Right. I know you do. Because the resources that they give eventually pay your salary. Right. <laughs> like, you're, right. if you're taking in 200 pounds a year, chances are that's probably going to make it in your preaching rotation. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, for what it's worth, like, to peel back just a little bit of the windows, stuff you don't talk about much to the congregation because you just don't get the opportunity to do that. You know, I, I, heard, I heard it a long time ago. And I've tried to make it a practice in my ministry, and it has served me well, that when I sit down in my office behind my desk, I try to make it a point to begin every day with prayer. And I do that not just for the people that I'm praying for. I do that to remind myself that I'm sitting behind this desk to do ministry because in God's good providence, these same people for whom I am praying are sacrificing and making sacrifices in their family mm. to provide for me to be able to sit behind that desk and pray. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you, you can't get away from the fact that people are giving freely because they believe as much, maybe sometimes more, than you believe, they believe, that God has called you to be the one who's shepherding their souls pointing them to the throne of grace and and ministry unfortunately is one of the easiest places in the world to hide if you're lazy mm-hmm. and we don't like it pastors don't like it when you say that i don't like to hear that i don't like to say it because i don't like that knowing it's that it's true yeah but but i heard a missionary say that one time and so i kind of appropriated that phrase and i've used it a lot you know mission missions work is one of the easiest places to hide if you're lazy you know because you can you can call anything missions it's ministry. You can call anything ministry if you try hard enough, but it's not all ministry, right? And and sometimes you're just doing things because you're trying to get out of work. And man, yay to say that, but it's but it's true. And 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 then we can complain about the salary that we're getting. Look, if God's called you to a place, He's called you to a place, right? And some people in this world and some people in ministry, there are pastors in this world who will make far more than I will ever make, and that's okay. Because they don't get the same sort of blessings that I get by being here where God called me. They get the blessings they get where God called them. 
But when we start to have this unholy sort of ambition to to hit X amount of salary or to make X amount of money, then then we start to really get into this territory that Baxter's really warning us about, man. Mm-hmm. Like at some point, you know, which is why probably my favorite sentence in everything you read was when he said, this poverty is not so intolerable and dangerous a thing as it is pretended to be. In other words, <laughs> man, there are worse things in this world than being poor. There yes, yes, you know, and we, amen. And in American culture, that is a foreign concept. It's mm. like the worst thing is to be poor. Like it's, it blows people's minds when we talk about you know, homeless ministry here in our context, right? Man, there are a lot of homeless people that just want to be homeless. And that does not compute to so yeah. many people. Because it's not a sin to be content, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, it's, I read this awesome quote. We're, I guess we're, we're probably maybe two weeks out from Christmas when this posts live, but I read this awesome quote today by G.K. Chesterton. And it was something along the lines of the irony of Christmas is that every home will spend their holidays celebrating a man who was born homeless. <laughs> and I thought, wow. That's such a G.K. Chesterton that's, thing. That's exactly what Chesterton would do is take yeah. a truth and stand it on its head, right? Like, yeah. But, I mean, that's, that's it. That, that if, it was, if poverty was sufficient for our master, it ought to be sufficient for us. Mm. It's okay. It, it's okay to not have a fully funded retirement account. It's, it's okay to not be able to afford to buy the house you want. It's okay to not be able to give your kids every single thing you want them to have. I think that one of the greatest temptations in ministry, at least for me, is to try to spare my family from the suffering of ministry when the reality of the fact is God has called all of us and that experience of suffering and hardship in ministry is not just for me. In a very real sort of way, it's for all of us. And it will also be part of their formation, my own son's formation, as well as it is mine. There are certain things that he should definitely be spared from. But there are a lot of things he shouldn't. Because that's part of growing up. And that's part of what he needs to see. And, and I, so I, I just so appreciate the fact that Baxter is basically helping us to come to terms with the fact that it could be very easy to use your family as an excuse to not do the work of ministry. And that's an unpopular thing because there are a lot of people who go way overboard on that and go the wrong way and, you know, sacrifice their family to the idol of ministry. And I'm not saying do that. I'm not. But I am saying there are at least a few people in this world who who go on the other side of this. And that's what Baxter is getting after. Like, your family's going to suffer if you're going into ministry. I hate to break it to anybody who for whom that is news. I mean, it really doesn't matter what you're doing. You could be a lay elder. You could be a deacon. You could be a pastor. Your family will suffer. That's just part of it. That's why that's, that's why James 3.1, let not many of you become teachers, brothers. Not only such you will incur a stricter judgment. That is true. There's also the reality, and we, we read this in the last chapter, right? There's mm-hmm. the reality that we are the ones for whom the, the, the spiritual arrows, if you will, will be pointed most often. And if, and if the enemy can attack anything in a man's life to really cripple him. He'll attack the family. He will. That's just reality. And you can't spare your family from that because that is still part of God's providential plan for all of you. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, we got a paragraph done. We got 
<laughs> Indeed. And quite a paragraph it was. Well, yeah, to say. our credit, that's like a page long paragraph. Yeah, it, it was, and much was said in that paragraph. Yeah, much was said. Well, next time we'll pick up on the um, the subpoint of the subpoint. Yeah, which is the classes that we need to be particularly careful to pay attention to as we're mm-hmm. doing ministry. So, mm-hmm. man, thank you guys for listening. We are, as far as I know now, on all the podcast outlets that you could be on. Ooh. And so, yeah, and so if you can uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that, that helps us in terms of new people finding our podcast. If there's any outlet that you can make a review on. We'd love it if you did that. It's just helpful for us. It's helpful for trying to help other people to get to hear this. We appreciate your support, and we thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. Goodbye.